Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Door Podcast. I'm Lee Blows and I'm joined here as always with my colleague, co-host and friend, Mr. Chris Galley. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well. Thank you, Lee. Not too bad. Yourself? I'm loving it right now. We're now a week into our summer holidays. Oh. So I'm um, feeling pretty relaxed. It's a good feeling, huh? Yeah. It takes away to, a little while to get to that point, though. <laughs> to <laughs> let yourself relax and settle into it. Yeah. So what have you been up to during this time? Uh, just spending some time with the family. And then this week, the ADE Festival of Learning has started. So I've been partaking in some workshops and... Uh, yes, a bit of PD over the summer has been it's quite fun from the comforts of my own home. Sounds very good. I've been following that on Twitter, actually. It's looking excellent. I yeah, think. there's lots going on. Yeah, I saw a lot of movement and fitness stuff that I um, I kept well away from myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good, ex- a good excuse to get outside and exercise. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Well, Chris, could you tell us a little bit about what our topic is for today? Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, And this is a topic we've been meaning to talk about for quite a while. And we're going to be talking about the PYP exhibition, um, which is part of the International Baccalaureate Primary Years Program. Um, So this is a um, extensive um, study that the students um, take part in, which... um, it happens at the end of the primary years program. Um, so really it's the, the culmination of everything that the students are doing throughout their primary education. Um, and I, I got to say, I don't know about you, Lee, but I think it's, it's the highlight of the year for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never taught in this year group, but it's something that I've always, always been open to being involved in in as many ways as I possibly can. So, yeah, I think it's an incredible thing, and I'm really excited to welcome Steve Rampling to join us today. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great, thanks. Great, thanks, Lee and Chris. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and um, talking to us about the PYP exhibition. Really, really pleased you could make it. Not a problem. So um, maybe you could start by just introducing yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about your journey into education. Um, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm from New Zealand, um, New Zealand trained and, and, and taught there for a few years out of uh, a city called Rotorua, uh, that's my hometown, and uh, from there I actually came across to Japan um, on a program called the JET program, it's Japanese Exchange Teaching Program. Um, I'd always, through education, always wanted to, to look and see what I could do with that and where I could go and what, um, what I could learn. Uh, along the way. So that kind of took me on a journey into international schools. Um, I started off in Japan and that kind of wanted me to learn a bit, little bit more about teaching internationally. Um, and from there, um, I, I met my wife, who's Canadian, um, lived in Canada for a little bit as well and, and got to see um, parts of their education system as well. Um, from there, we... Um, moved to Saudi Arabia um, and taught there for 10 years in a place called Jubail. Um, uh, the international school that was there was uh, we're a close-knit kind of family school almost. Uh, we started off with about 250 kids and it ballooned out to almost 600, the over 600 kids by the time oh, wow. we left. Um, went through a series of different curriculum there. Um, 
we uh, uh, we even were part of the international primary curriculum as well. I learned a lot about that, um, which has similar ties to the IB program, actually. Um, mm. They moved away from that into American curriculum. So we, I was part of a process where we, we changed the curriculum quite a few times. Um, and it was, it was really interesting to see the different, um, I guess, curriculum that's out there uh, before, because I had nothing to do with IB before I started, um, before I moved from Saudi Arabia to Japan and uh, uh, came to Canadian Academy. Um, so I learned, had to learn a lot about the IB um, before coming and uh, even during the process of being here in, uh, in Japan. Uh, I've, I've been in grade five now. This is my, uh, just finished my fourth year. Um, teaching grade five and and um, learning about the exhibition and and teaching that to students as well. So I was kind of learning about the process along with the kids the first year, and then we looked at different ways that we could adapt um, to that. Um, and yeah, since since the uh, beginning or the, since that first year that we had our exhibition, um, things have changed a lot, even just within those four years. Um, and that's what's just kind of brought me to where we are at today. Wow, what a journey. And so have you sort of found yourself adapting um, along with the students and um, as you've been doing the exhibition over the past few years? What have been some of the things you've learned during that time? Um, well, I think it kind of helped not knowing a lot about the IB program itself coming in because um, I came in quite open-minded about what it, what the school had already had set in place. Um, and after going on um, the exhibition um, PD um, with the IB, um, it, it helped just either to kind of reinforce some of the things that we were doing well and where we felt we might need to open up a little bit more. And that was uh, more along the lines of student agency and looking at ways that we could um, improve that within our school. Mm. It's, it's one of those um, events within the year that very often schools sort of have very set structures to them, though, and they, they have these routines. Um, but it's quite nice as a, a new person coming into that experience to be able to put your own sort of mark on it and, and to be able to adapt. As it sounds like that's what you've been doing. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to have colleagues that were willing to adapt as well. Um, they're very open-minded um, and we kind of were on the journey together as to looking at ways that we could, um, because they, they believe that as well, that uh, the exhibition is all about the student and looking at ways that we could give them more, more ownership over their learning. So we just looked at different ways that we could adapt to that as well. It's incredible. It's incredible. I love um, all the different curriculums that you were talking about. Um, I know that in New Zealand, it's a fairly inquiry based and then, the IPC, I believe, is inquiry-based as well. Is that yeah, correct? similar. It, it can be. Um, yeah, there's schools that are fairly new to it. Um, it is uh, more thematic and seems quite structured, yeah. but you can actually adapt it to whatever way you want. But just as there, I mean, it's a lot of hard work if you were to do it that way, and there just weren't um, schools around that I believe that were willing to kind of take that jump. Um, so, right. so it kind of helped coming in into um, Canadian Academy and, and learning about the PYP and what it had to offer and looking at ways with exhibition as to how you can kind of push the boundaries a bit more. 
Amazing. Amazing. Well, I think this word exhibition has popped up a lot already. And um, that's what we said the main topic of this chat will be today. So maybe you could tell us, for you, what is the PYP exhibition? What does it mean? Um, we've kind of focused in on more about um, student learning and, and the ability for students to share their their learning about and about how they learn. Um, the topic itself and what they they choose is um, we encourage it to be something that they're passionate about. Um, so, yet, like you were saying earlier, Chris, it, it is a kind of a culmination of the skills that they've developed through um, the elementary school um, to the point where, as a teacher, you're kind of guiding that process as to asking the right questions to help them um, learn more about how they learn. Um, yeah, it's kind of a tricky way to kind of explain it, but um, yet yeah, they become kind of problem solvers, I guess, where they're adapting to their own understanding of uh, the skills that they've developed along the way and how can they use that to learn about something, um, about a topic that they've chosen and what kind of skills can they continue to develop and, and kind of improve along the way within that process. Because it's a, a fairly long time. We, we have it for about six to eight weeks um, where the students are, are learning about a, a, ch a chosen um, topic and they, they get to um, create their inquiry questions, um, their central idea um, to help focus their research and uh, developing um, their understandings along the way to the point where they are looking at what they could do to help solve uh, issues that are within the topic that they have chosen um, that's what I mean about becoming problem solvers, where they get to kind of look at ways that they could help um, solve the issue um, that they've found within their topic that they've chosen. Um, and I guess in the, in the end, f f for me, it's just that the main the main part of exhibition that, that we try to get our kids to understand is, is the learning journey that they take along the way, and that's that's something that we um, try to push more is that learning journey. Um, through um, an exhibition um, professional development course I took with a lady called Jocelyn Blomgart. Uh, she was running it at that time. She's on Twitter as well. Um, she, she really helped us to kind of forge that uh, learning journey aspect of our exhibition and helping the kids to understand that, um, yes, it's, it's good that you have that chosen topic and that passion, but that learning journey that they take along the way um, from the very beginning once they start developing research questions and learning about their topic all the way through to what is the action they're going to take um, to help improve um, some of the issues that they've found within that topic. Um, that learning journey and that process that's taken place to get to that stage and to the point that they're presenting their understanding um, is the most important part that we try to foster amongst the kids and, and try to help our community to understand as well that it's not the, the knowledge of their topic, but it's the learning journey that they've taken along that way. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I really like the way that you, you use the phrase several times there, the learning journey. And I think it, it definitely is a, a journey, isn't it? Which is compressed into eight solid weeks of intense research and collaboration, and then culminating in the final presentation. You mentioned um, the topics and, you know, the fact that the students have agency and to choose the topics, something of interest. Where do these ideas 
come from? Is this something that starts at the beginning of grade five? Are the students thinking about this earlier? And what's your role as a grade five teacher? Are you directing the students into um, a topic which you know will have a lot of good research? How are you supporting them? Um, well, right, we from from grade four, I guess um, we we invite a lot of the students in grade four to to come and um, look at the process that the, that the students take in grade five. So they're already starting to think about what is a topic that I might be able to choose. We do try and encourage the students to choose something that they are that they um, enjoy and that they are passionate about, and they feel strongly about, that they're connected to. Because um, no matter what what it is that they love, we can always connect it to an issue within that, um, or they can help help them to find something within within that topic that they choose. Um, so really, it's, it's just trying to encourage those students to to look at something in their life that they have connected to. Um, often, if it's a, a topic that becomes challenging, um, we before we start exhibition, we get them to, I guess, kind of do a, a soft search um, where they're looking for resources that might be able to help. Um, and if through that soft search they're finding it challenging, then we encourage them to, to look at um, perhaps another topic that they, mm-hmm. that they feel strongly about or that they, that they enjoy. And it, it, it could be something as simple like uh, we've had a lot of kids, obviously, that enjoy sports. Um, and just within those sports, what are some of the issues that have that have kind of come out um, from there um, throughout the year? So I guess kind of leading up to the exhibition, um, we do kind of pose a few questions here and there. Um, right at the beginning of the year, we look at um, the theme, uh, who we are, and from there we kind of look at what is it that what is it that they feel connected to. Um, so then we're already already kind of planting those seeds about what is a connection that they that they have. And then throughout the year, we just we introduce certain um, questioning skills or, or research skills, things that are going to assist with with the exhibition that we hold towards the end of the year. Um, we try to allow we have an open theme, so we don't have it structured where um, you have to choose a topic that's within sharing the planet or so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, we allow the students to choose um, topic first. Um, what theme that falls under comes later on. Um, so a, a topic that they that they feel passionate about is, is where we try to go with first. Mm. Interesting. Um, it sounds like it's very, very individualised. Does each student have their own central idea lines of inquiry that they create or yes. are they kind of grouped together by theme? Um, no, we, we, we um, encourage the students to um, yeah, choose their, their own uh, lines of inquiry and to create those lines of inquiry from there and the topics that they choose. Then we look at um, what, when it comes to the thinking, we, we do create uh, thinking groups um, that where they can kind of collaborate and help each other out um, when it comes to research or giving feedback and so forth. That, that comes a little later on. Um, but at first it's, it's very individualized where yeah, the students are creating um, the central idea and lines of inquiry themselves. Um, it does become very challenging as a teacher when you've got so many different <laughs> topics. Um, every student has their own, um, have, have very different lines of inquiry as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, it does become challenging, but 
it's rewarding as well because the students uh, know that it's it's theirs, like their the exhibition and, and the, the topics that they've chosen, the, the lines of inquiry that they've created, everything's theirs. And, and that's what we try and encourage more that that, that their journey that they're going on is, is their journey. Um, it's no one else's. Mm, that's a really interesting approach. And it's really great that the, there is that individualized approach to it. Um, lots of student agency happening. As you mentioned, you know, this must be incredibly challenging as a class teacher to support lots of different inquiries which are happening. Um, what's the sort of collaboration side look like in terms of the teachers? Are there lots of mentors involved? Um, how does the, the faculty get involved with this? Uh, yeah, good question. Usually, usually we would have those mentors in place and would would help them with the types of questions that we'd like the students to um, that would like them to pose to the students to help them with their thinking. Um, in the in the past, there, there has been um, I guess teachers that kind of do too much. They want to do everything for the child. They want to um, even edit their work. Um, so we. we we try to, to encourage them to steer clear of that and just pose questions to help the students with their understanding. You're not there as an editor. You're not there um, to do the work for them. Um, you can help them with kind of searching for different resources, uh, but we try to encourage them just to pose questions that are going to help um, foster that understanding of the topics that they have. So in the past, we've used mentors. This mm -hmm. year, um, because of the pressures that were <laughs> put in place on the teachers through uh, yeah, COVID nineteen. We uh, we weren't able to to use them, mm -hmm. so um, we pretty much had the grade five team. We were the mentors. We we did use some student mentors though, because we at the, around the same time we had um, some grade ten students that were just completing their personal projects. So we were able to use some of those students to to help um, uh, kind of give feedback to some of the. Um, learning the students had um, to pose some questions as well. So, so they they really helped. Um, but uh, the grade five team, we we pretty much had to dig dig deep and uh, work together. So we had our learning leader um, that was part of this. Um, we had a learning support. Uh, we had two learning support teachers that were actually able to help us as well, uh, as well as our librarian um, that was able to step in. <laughs> as well so we, we tried to just pull a few different resources around the place so we could have smaller groups um we had groups of maybe three four uh i guess sometimes five um students that we were kind of mentoring and guiding along the way um but yeah it was, it, that's what i mean it was, it, was, it was a bit more challenging this year not having those mentors around um but it really helped us to Actually, it, it helped us to understand even more so about the students and where they were at because sometimes you can get kind of lost with that when you have too many people um, feeding it, feeding into helping with the exhibition. Um, yeah, we got to understand a lot of the kids really well. Amazing. Wow. It's what I'm finding really interesting right now, Steve, is we're talking about the PYP exhibition and your experiences and your school's experiences. At the moment, there's already lots of differences between the way that I've seen it happen in our school this year. So this year we've had lots and lots of mentors. Um, this year our students have been in groups uh, based around a theme, so four or five students to a group. And I think for any outsider listening to that, must be thinking, well, what actually is an exhibition though? 
what are some of the elements do you think have to remain consistent across all schools to make a PYP exhibition a PYP exhibition? Um, with the use of the IB skills and the connection to learner profile. Um, so having that, um, having the curriculum there to, to connect to is extremely important. Um, but in the end, uh, our, our main focus and elements of, of the exhibition were um, ensuring that there's collaboration that takes place. Um, and then not just talking um, with teachers, um, but with the, within the students, um, actually across the subject areas, so including the specialists as well. Um, teachers' community, as much as we can, uh, we tried to make that connection with the community as best as possible. And in this year, we had to do a lot more with that um, in terms of helping the parents to understand their part in the process. Um, because the students were at home with them, um, everything was being done online. Um, the collaboration part was extremely important this year. Um, as I talked about a little bit earlier, student agency and helping um, giving as much ownership over the learning as possible to the students. Um, previously, that was a lot more um, guided um, to where we're at at the moment, where it's a lot more open. Um, and then um, the action component. So it's not only the, the learning that takes place from what they, the topics that they choose and the skills that they developed along the way, but that um, applying their understanding of what they've learnt into um, into a type of action that is um, going to uh, help a, a particular issue that they may have found within their topic. And it can be challenging for a student to be able to understand what to do. Um, so I know a lot of schools like to focus on um, the broader context of what uh, different solutions that could be helped around the world. Uh, we try to get the students to focus on what is something that they can do personally, uh, starting within the home uh, and then broadening out from there. Um, trying to keep it simple, trying to keep the action simple for the students. So then whatever they've learned along the way, um, if they can apply that understanding as to how they could be part of the solution to a problem that they may have found within their topic, um, and just looking at ways that they could implement that something simple that can be long-term, not just something that we do now just because it's exhibition time, but what are you going to be able to continue to do after exhibition? Um, and that's what I mean about the learning journey. The, the learning journey couldn't just stop just because the exhibition stopped. Uh, we, we want to make sure that um, whatever they've learned from this that they can carry on through after exhibition takes place. So for me, that, I think that's a, a very important part when it comes to the exhibition itself is being able to understand that this is a, a small part of you showing what you're able to do and learning about a, a particular issue, topic, um, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, but learning about themselves, how, how they best learn, and then what are the skills that they can take on further past um, grade five uh, leading into middle school, which is going to be challenging in itself, and then into high school and, and past past that. Um, so developing that lifelong learning, I guess, but helping them understand what it is um, to be able to learn and what, what do they learn about themselves, about how they learn um, in order to, what are these skills that, that they can use and develop um, past grade five? Mm -hmm. I really like that you mentioned the action component there. And I think that's within the whole PYP, you know, it's 
probably one of the most important elements of the program. At the same time, it can be one of the trickiest ones. And I think one of the changes which happened in the enhanced PYP a couple of years ago, which I really liked, was the way that they separated the different components of action and that action doesn't just have to be, oh, I'm going to go out and change the world. I'm going to raise some money. I'm going to go and build something. It can just be something as simple as a choice, you know, a, a lifestyle change, or as you said, it's all about lifelong learning and not so much um, something I'm going to do right now, but actually something I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. And to be able to share that with the school community is is really powerful. And it's something that the students really get from this process. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Because at, at the beginning, when we first um, started this journey with, with ourselves, there were a lot of students that wanted to fundraise. And that was great. It was always great to kind of have that part of it where they're looking at being able to help charities. But once they did that, it was almost kind of like, well, my job's done. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've kind of gone to the point where, yeah, that that is a, a commendable action for, for you to take, but that's not where we're going to be going with this exhibition. What is something that you can personally do yourself where you're not passing over to somebody else to do? So we've kind of focused in on that action part a little bit more to make it more personal. Um, and like you said, it could be just a decision, um, a, a, a decision that they make, uh, a choice that they make to change their lifestyle slightly. Um, yeah, but we're just trying to get them not to pass the buck onto somebody else, but what is something that they're actually going to do um, and just show how easy it can be when they come to share what they've tried um, with, with their audience. Um, because it's not something we, we want them just to do at the very end, but what is something they can start doing with that action um, during that process? Uh, once they start to understand their issue a little bit more, um, what's the action that they can start taking um, that they can share with the audience about what they've tried, um, what has worked, maybe what hasn't worked, um, et cetera? Maybe yeah, it's that of- element of reflection as well, isn't it, at the end of the process and thinking about you know, what have I learned from this? How have I changed as a learner? What am I going to do with this? Which is really important as well, um, which is sort of quite a nice segue into our next question. Um, one of the recurring themes on the show is talking about assessment. And as we mentioned at the start of the show, this the PYP exhibition is really the culminating project of the whole um, PYP. And in, in some regards, it's sort of seen as an alternative to standardized testing. So what are some of the advantages of running an exhibition over a standardized test? And how are you assessing the students' contributions and learning during this time? Um, yeah, this it's an ongoing assessment right from the very beginning once they start choosing their topic. So that's the best thing about it. You're using formative assessment all the way through. Um, to the point even once exhibitions um, over that what are some of the um, what some of the feedback that you could that you could give or what they, what are some of the reflections that they have on themselves that they can look to improve um, afterwards uh, in terms of assessment um, it's just that that feedback that ongoing feedback and and looking and that's the one thing I like about this type of assessment as opposed to standardized testing with standardized testing it's kind of an end point usually done at the end of an, a unit or the end of 
their learning. Um, and then we move on to something different. Um, with, with exhibition, with that focus being on the learning journey and the development of those skills, then you're continually looking at the, that improvement and then um, looking at what is something they can continue to improve on after the exhibition, regardless of the topic, regardless of the subject that they take, um, but developing those skills that they've developed along the way. So, um, yes, there, there are some things that we do assess. So we assess their um, the presentation, mm-hmm. um, what are elements within that presentation that they um, that they should have, but we develop this with the students as well. So... Part, part of the of the assessment is we have, obviously, as, as teachers, we, we have some components that we uh, expect each student to have. So we kind of list those down um, for a rubric for the, for the students. So these are elements within the exhibition that they need to have. Um, and they can, we document along the way what they have been able to achieve. Um, their understanding becomes tricky because that's just more based on the questions that we ask and kind of poking and prodding here and there to help them with their understanding. Their ability to present is something that it's easy to um, assess. Um, it's harder to assess their understanding. Um, their understanding comes through because um, there are different levels of understanding that the kids have have, um, have learned about their topic along the way, but uh, we're just more helping them to improve their understanding from their beginning to their end point. So just those questions that we can keep asking them to help um, give that feedback to the student as well to continue looking at ways that they can improve. So I guess in the end, we're kind of assessing their ability to be able to adapt and their ability to be able to um, um, use their understanding to um, and share that with an audience in multiple ways. So one way that we um, do assess obviously through the presentation itself, um, the ability to be able to um, speak to an audience, um, the ability to make it interactive with the audience. Um, how can they, uh, what about the conversation? Um, are they able to develop um, and, and share with the audience as well as um, bring them into that? Um, other parts of the assessment of the pieces that we assess um, include depending on what the students choose to do um, once again because it's so open we've we've even opened it up with the students being able to choose whether they write I know some schools choose to write reports or some um, schools choose um, ask students to be able to have some um, kind of written component um, to it so for those students that choose to do that, because that's open at our school as well, then we would then help them in assessing um, their essays or their um, informational text if that's what they choose to to write. Um, In the end, the main thing that we're assessing for the students, as well as the students being able to give feedback for themselves, is is their ability to be able to make things interactive, to present their understanding. Um, Yeah, but... Within, uh, it's kind of tricky to talk about because <laughs> a lot of the assessment is, is actually we, we try to develop that with the students as well. So within the groupings, if they choose to do, say, like this year, there's a lot of students that chose to do a, um, a Google slide. Mm. So with with that, we uh, because they've they've uh, done that previously throughout the year, 
Um, we asked them what are components of a successful Google slide presentation that you would need to have. So we, we included that as part of a, a rubric um, that could help the students as well. So once we kind of developed what that was going to look like um, as a success criteria, then we were able to, to give that to the students to help them also um, give feedback to each other. Um, but yes, that ongoing feedback, I guess, that, that makes it more, more important than for me than uh, a standardized test would have. Um, like I say, where that standardized test is more, I guess it's kind of a, a culminating of the skills that develop with that unit, but then there's that end point um, and there's no further reflection or, or kind of push on from that. Whereas with our exhibition, we're more looking at that formative side of, of assessment and, and uh, getting the students to continuously reflect Mm -hmm. and help to, to improve further. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's sort of similar to a like a photograph album analogy where a standardized test would be one single photo within an album, whereas what you're doing with the exhibition is a whole album which showing that development from the start to the finish of the journey. And it's really tailored to the students' skills and interests. I really like that way that you um, take the success criteria for what the students want to do and how they're sharing their learning. I think that's that's a really nice idea. Yeah, we, we, um, like I said, we, we'd, it'd be nice to have that have the students be part of that. Um, I know one of the we're kind of looking at ways that we can improve that. Um, earlier in the year or in previous grade levels. Um, and one area would be to look at ways that the students could be part of the assessment process more. Um, mm. How could we include them in being able to either create that success criteria for whatever presentation they give or for whatever um, end of unit, um, I guess, kind of culminating activity that they have, but having them be part of that assessment process more. Um, and getting them to be able to be uh, more reflective on that learning and, and what could they apply then to the next unit that they might learn about. Um, but once again, yeah, I think it's important if we, we can get the students to be more on board and to help them be part of this process that, that we have when it comes to assessment and, and exhibition. Mm. Yeah, I think I really like that idea of the, the standardised is kind of a summative, whereas, as you mentioned a few times, the PYP exhibition is a formative and it's not even a formative that ends at the end of exhibition that continues afterwards. So if they're part of that assessment, it's something that they're taking into middle school and they're going to continually assess themselves on that throughout the rest of their lives. Yeah, the tricky um, part is though with that, it's, it's helping the students to understand what is it that I can do? What is it that I need to work on next? Mm. Um, and it's not just for the sake of the teacher, but what is something that they can take on board themselves? Hmm. I think reflection is always one of the trickier parts, especially when it's um, the teachers giving kind of sentences for students to choose which one, like a multiple choice. Um, it's very hard to reflect deeply on their own ability. Um, one thing I wanted to pick up on was quite a while back now, but you mentioned the ability to adapt. And I don't think any year has put on such a heavy requirement for students to um, have an ability to adapt. And you've got quite a unique um, position, both being a teacher, but also a father of a PYP student this year. So I was wondering how have things looked a bit different for yourself as a teacher, but how have things also looked different 
for your own son this year in the PYP exhibition? Yeah, with the kids this year, that they'd seen what exhibition had been like. And before we went into a lockdown, etc., we were able to show them videos of what the exhibition was like in previous years, which completely got turned up on its head. Um, <laughs> I mean, we had to get them to understand, sorry, we cannot do any of those things that you just saw in those videos anymore. We've got to make it our own. And uh, we kept on talking to the kids that, that they're part of history, they're part of the first online exhibition that's ever been done at Canadian Academy. So um, getting them to be proud of, of whatever it is that we're going to be part of, because um, at, at the beginning, we weren't sure as teachers what that was going to look like ourselves. Uh, we weren't sure how long this lockdown was going to be for. Um, once we understood that it was going to be for the entire exhibition, we were able to then look at ways that we can adjust from what we had planned at the beginning. Um, and that took a, a, a mountain of collaboration and work to be able to try and figure out what's going on. What were other schools doing? How were they adapting? Because there were other schools that, that had um, started their exhibition before us. So we were able to see, um, we got in touch with some of those schools and looked at what they had been doing. Um, what were sort of elements of what they were doing that we could apply to ours and what, what it's something that we, we wanted to hold on to ourselves. Um, mm. So obviously the, the online adaptation was was a, a tricky one. Um, getting them to understand it's going to be uh, a presentation and what that's going to look like to be able to present online, uh, mm -hmm. make it interactive for your audience because we've had to... Uh, we always try and encourage that within our students that it's not just you lecturing. It's, it's yep. you trying to help the audience be part of what you've just learned. Um, take them on the journey with you. So doing that online was, uh, was always going to be tricky. So we, we still try to, to hold on to the collaborative part as best as possible. So we'd meet with the, the students each day um, and then have those students as well um, meet in small groups together too. Uh, they, they were encouraged to meet outside of the times that we were meeting as well. So if there were people that had similar um, research topics to yourselves, then we were encouraging them to, to work together to share their, um, the links that they had found, um, the resources that they found. Um, but yeah, that being able to adapt from a live presentation and having someone there all the time with you to having to be more independent with their research, with their learning. It's not just a, you couldn't, you know, in class, you couldn't just raise your hand and say, excuse me, um, I, I don't quite understand what I need to be doing next. Often it was like they were, we were encouraging them to try and problem solve themselves first. Um, and that was, that was very challenging, especially for our um, EAL students, our English as additional language students, um, where we got support there for, for them. But, um, it was so hard for, for those students that were coming in with very, with very little English um, mm -hmm. and, and looking at what am I supposed to do in terms of a presentation. But they they, um, they, were, they were fantastic in the end and they, they were great. Um, the way that we had to adapt it is usually we'd have uh, what we call an artistic proposal um, or an artistic representation. So um, what that means is from what they've understood um, about their topic, we get them to... Um, either through art or through music or through dance, um, create something that represents their understanding of their issue. Um, 
it's something provo- provocative that's thought provoking, not something that is uh, easy for people to kind of guess what they're creating straight away. Um, that is one thing we en- ended up uh, not being able to do this year. Um, mm. Something that we'd, that we'd normally encourage and try to get them to do, but we ended up um, not being able to do that, unfortunately, um, due to the resources that the students um, had at home. Um, PE was another component where usually we would have them um, create something in PE, uh, whether it's a game that might connect to their unit or, or their adaptation of a game um, that connects to their understanding as well, that we weren't able to do that. We had limited um, Japanese component to this as well. Um, there were a lot of things that we ended up taking away, um, and that was more so than the students could... Um, we didn't want to give them too many things at once because it's already challenging enough for them being at home and having to learn from a distance. So we had to just limit it to them trying to understand their topic as best as possible um, and what do they understand about that. Uh, what could they do then to help others to understand more about an issue that's within that topic? So. That was our main focus, and we just looked at what are your options in terms of how you're going to present this to your audience. Um, mm. And that's where we kind of focused in on. Um, in terms of adaptation, uh, a lot of the students did talk about how it was very challenging at the beginning not having a teacher there to rely on. Um, mm-hmm. So these students, I feel, have become such independent learners over this journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've had to really kind of look at ways that they can help themselves before reaching out, because even by reaching out, you weren't going to get an immediate response. We did have office hours where the kids could to drop in, um, but often uh, a lot of our students weren't um, either doing some of the work during that day. They were having to to work in the afternoons for whatever reason. Uh, We weren't when we weren't online. Um, but yeah, just the independence and learning. So if we're talking about student agency, uh, <laughs> they had a heck of a lot of it because we weren't readily available to uh, help them straight away. Well, it sounds like they've definitely needed a great deal of independence and maturity as well during this process, more so than in any other year when doing the exhibition. And looking yeah, ahead... Oh, sorry, sorry. Just wanted to add that... Uh, their collaboration with each other is what helped them get through this as well, where we encourage those small groups to get together and talk about things, ask each other questions, um, present findings to each other, and then ask questions, look at feedback. So they heavily relied on each other in the end, which was great to see as a teacher um, that, that the students are helping each other rather than it always coming from the teacher. That's wonderful. And looking ahead to next year, hopefully all being relatively back to normal or in the future when we do get back to the regular normal. Um, What sort of adaptations would you take from this um, experience this year of doing the exhibition online? What would you change going forward? Um, Oh, you can't, you can't, uh, there's nothing better than, than being face to face with somebody when they're, when they're explaining something to you. Um, so yeah, we are, we are going to try and get get back to um, those components that we uh, that I mentioned a little bit earlier with the uh, artistic expression using art, music, 
dance um, in order to help show the representation of, of the almost like, you know, like an, if you go into an art gallery and you're seeing someone's artwork and you're kind of trying to figure out what it is that they were thinking at that time, um, we're trying to encourage the students to be able to do something like that, which is um, um, something we kind of took on board uh, through um, the IB exhibition course, as well as um, there's a school, International School of Ho Chi Minh, um, that does a fantastic job at that as well, um, where they have um, representations of their understanding, which helps to encourage that discussion with their audience. Um, we do want to bring that back. Um, so definitely want to, want to hold on to that. Um, having more collaboration across um, subject areas, uh, where some of the specialist teachers, we weren't able to get so involved in, in exhibition this year. Uh, we want to make sure that that is um, that we encompass that um, again. Um, some of the things that we actually want to keep, though, um, there were some things from this year that we found really worked well. Um, the use of, because we, we use, um, uh, we're a Google school, so we use a lot of um, either Google Docs or, or Sheets, et cetera, um, and we use Google Meet as well um, for a lot of the meeting times. So through the Google Docs, we actually got the students to always document so we'd, we'd post questions as, as we have our meetings, we'd, we'd make sure that the doc was open, everybody was on, on this Google Doc, and we were, um, we'd have the questions there that we are going to ask so the kids could see um, what was coming up in the, in the meeting that we were going to have together. And then any feedback that was given, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd take notes and write and type that down on the document for whatever student um, uh, responded. Mm -hmm. And then with any feedback that they had for... Um, either presentations or what people were saying, we encourage the students to, to type that out on this, doc, on this document as well. So then this was a live document that they could see feedback and they can continually come back to. So we use this for every single meeting that we had. It's just that documentation of the thinking um, not only helped us as teachers to see where the students were at. So I could pop into, I could look at a Google Doc that uh, a colleague had that maybe they had some of my students in as well. And I could kind of see the thought process that had gone on through their meeting as well. So that use of a Google Doc to kind of um, anecdote and just kind of take notes on on any of the meetings that we had really helped. So we wanted to, to make sure that that uh, remained as well as um, we did the same thing as teachers because we weren't always together as well. So once lockdown happened, we're in our, in our own houses. So we made sure we documented every all of our thoughts and ideas and, and planning um, through that as well. So the use of, of that um, really helped, as well as the presentation being online. Now, we want to have that face-to-face -face presentation, which is um, we, we want to continue with that as best as possible. But we found that the online presentation uh, was actually really useful in terms of being at an international school. You've got families and friends all over the world. So... Mm -hmm they were able to jump in onto the presentation. So like with my own son, his grandparents, and um, uh, we're able to come online from Canada. Um, his uncle, my brother, who's living in Australia at the moment, he was able to um, watch his presentation and be part of the, that audience as well. So that um, having that presentation open to a worldwide audience, uh, <laughs> we definitely want to try and keep that for our students. Um, that worked extremely well. 
Um, the feedback that we got from the families as well, just so appreciative that they were able to be part of that experience. Um, so yeah, that is one of the things that we do want to keep. Um, yeah, so there's, there's not too many, through all this, um, there, there are actually a, quite a few positives that came out of it. Um, but once again, you, you can't take away from being face-to-face. -face. I, I didn't get into this profession to be teaching online. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I need that interaction with the students live. So, uh, and, and, and the students felt that as well. Um, so, yeah, getting back to that again, I, I, I hope we can... Uh, I hope we can be able to do that next year. Although, yeah, in saying that, I'm actually moving grade levels, so I, 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 I hope, I'm hoping that they'll still be able to do that. So I'll be part of the mentor program next year, hopefully. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think there are lots of positives, as you've mentioned. I think um, looking at some of the platforms that people have been using for collaborative documentation, whether it's Apple Schools and using Pages, for example, or using Google and Docs. Um, I think a lot more people have become comfortable with those kind of things and just everyone around the world using Meet or Zoom um, has been excellent, Microsoft Teams as well. Um, one last thing then, so you're moving grade level. Uh, Chris is a grade four teacher, I'm a grade two teacher. So just thinking of us teachers who are teaching lower down the school, um, what do you think some of the skills we could focus on a little bit more that would help support students for when they reach exhibition that would prepare them well? Um, oh, first off, it, yeah, I'm moving to grade four as well, so not too far away from grade mm -hmm. five. Um, but, I mean, the work the low, the, low, the low elementary school does is fantastic to start off with. Um, the, the skills that the kids come through uh, yeah, I mean, they're great. I mean, you can, you can always look at improvements. Some of the things, I guess, if we were to be choosing um, would be, um, I know some of the students were struggling with actionable ideas. Um, mm. and, and that is something we're, we're trying to look at as a school as well. What is an action, what is an action that, that each student can take, can take at the end of um, any of the units that they're learning about? Um, then the so when they're coming to exhibition, they have a kind of a plethora of ideas of what they could be doing. Um, that is generally a bit of a struggle for students when it comes to exhibition is what can I now do? What is it something that, that I can do? And just helping them understand what is an action. Um, mm. Like you mentioned earlier, Chris, I think a lot of students think that it has to be this sort of um, big idea that, um, that helps to, I know that they have to improve the world um, straight away and it doesn't have to be that way you know just just looking at, at just small parts small actions that they can do it doesn't always have to be a, a big broad scheme um, but some of the skills I guess uh, for focusing in would be like uh, paraphrasing or there's always a struggle um, mm. re reading for information so being able to read for information but then what do they understand from that information that they've been uh, researching or reading about um, those skills can um, can never, I guess, stop being developed. It, it's something that they're going to continually use if they choose to go on to um, college or university afterwards. Um, so being able to paraphrase it, I know there's, there's still a lot of students that tend to just like, okay, I found this great website. It's got such great information. I'm just going to grab that, pull that here. Yep, I'll share it with my audience and, and, uh, and not realizing that, 
you can't just do that. You can't just plagiarize. Um, so it's a skill that we're continually uh, developing. Um, but you're paraphrasing. The, the biggest part that we that we, the students continue to struggle with, and I think it's something that we don't give um, enough attention to, is the ability to self-manage. Um, mm. They're not often giving a chance to be able to learn independently and struggle with it. We don't allow them to struggle with it. They're always allowing students or, or dictating or, I guess, kind of guiding them too much and not allowing them to be able to figure out what is it that I need to do to help me to understand. Often we're there to kind of help save them. Um, yeah. and, and often it's as a parent that you try to do as well. So often it's hard to, to try and stop yourself from doing that and allowing them to try and figure things out for themselves. But having perhaps a unit throughout the year where they get an opportunity to be able to learn or kind of dictate the time that they that they get to learn um, almost kind of like a because they, they're given almost like a free schedule for it throughout the day mm-hmm. and where in elementary school do we really give them a chance to do that apart from perhaps a kindergarten where they might make get an afternoon of kind of play time because that's encouraged um, we don't often give them give students a, a unit throughout the year or, or time throughout the year. Uh, I guess there's, there's things like genius hours or, or, or so forth, but even within that time, it's very limited. It, once they get to exhibition, it's almost a whole day where they um, get to really plan out what their day is going to look like or what their week's going to look like, and they get to choose what part of their research they're going to be able to learn about. Um, so that's self-management and them understanding because that is the, the hardest thing for students to be able to do is to find that focus. What is it that uh, is going to be able to help me focus? How can I stop myself from getting distracted? Because with, with this online process, you could see the kids that were easily distracted um, through the, the lack of understanding or the lack of, <coughs> of uh, work that, or output that they were able to show. Um, as opposed to those students that we're able to focus. So we, we, part of that exhibition process was trying to help them to understand what helps you focus, what doesn't help you focus, where, what are those skills that you need to develop then. Um, so self-management skills, for sure, um, looking at ways that we can develop that in the, in the younger years would, would be useful. Um, the other parts are technical, um, but... Also, an opportunity for students to be able to um, develop a line of inquiry, um, whether it's mm-hmm. something that they choose to do within each of the units for themselves as a kind of add-on to whatever the lines of inquiry are that have been developed already, um, but allowing students to be able to create a line of inquiry that is connected to um, different concepts. Um, mm-hmm. So... If you wanted a, a student to be able to create a, a question that was a, and then cr- uh, look at what concept it was connected to, is that a formal function question? Like uh, getting them to understand understand that as well. It's something that we do in, in fifth grade, but um, one or two steps, one or two grade levels below, if we can kind of encourage that as well, um, allowing them to create a line of inquiry within a unit or two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just... Uh, allowing them then to try and find information that helps them to answer that line of inquiry that they've developed and not just leaving it to um, fifth grade in order for that to happen. 
I really like the word struggle that you use there. Um, I think it's something that perhaps we don't give students enough chance to do, to have to work something out on their own. And as you said, perhaps giving them that chance to do a, a personal inquiry or a guided inquiry is a really good opportunity to develop those skills. And maybe having one unit in each grade level working up through the years um, is a really good opportunity for students to develop those skills. Um, because obviously a lot of those things you mentioned there, like developing a central idea and thinking about the concepts and the lines of inquiry that go along with a research project. There's a lot of really challenging aspects there, which you know some teachers struggle with. So it must be really hard for the students to do that if they've never had the chance to do it before. I mean, I'd, I'd love, I'd love for there to be a uh, kind of a mini exhibition in every grade level where they get a chance to be able to do that, um, and not just leaving it to grade five. Um, imagine if those, if we were able to do that in each grade level, we just kind of a, a small portion of of the year was kind of a mini exhibition coming to grade five. What could be developed by then? That'd be really good. You fancy that next year, Lee? Grade two exhibition? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. A, a slow sort of drip, drip of exhibition learning <laughs> until they get made five. Yeah, yeah. Not, not like a full on, be, but yeah. No, no. just Yeah, a mini one. Oh, wonderful. That'd be amazing. Um, it has been so interesting to learn about your approach to the exhibition, Steve. And in spite of the fact that we're in um, very similar school settings, all being in international schools, it's really interesting to hear some of the different approaches that you take and some of the different strategies that you're utilizing uh, to develop those skills and to get the school community involved and lead up to some meaningful action. It's been really fascinating to hear about that. So if our listeners would like to hear a bit more about your work um, and to connect with you, where can they um, find you? Do you have a Twitter feed? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at Steve Ramps, the S-T-E-V-E-R-A-M-P-S. Um, this year, I didn't actually document a lot of the exhibition um, on, 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 uh, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, they can find me there. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, one thing I didn't mention that I would recommend for uh, any school to be looking at doing, if they're looking at an exhibition, is... Uh, what we call a, a metaphor of learning. So I talked about the learning journey and what we encourage the students to do was to find a metaphor that they connect to, whether it's like a basketball game or um, uh, I don't know, make, baking a cake or so forth that is that connects to um, what their learning experiences were like, was like in exhibition. Mm. And right from the beginning where they're developing questions or the ingredients for their cake or learning about the rules of a particular sport that they were looking at the metaphor of learning uh, and connected all the way through through some of the struggles they may have had um, but we try to encourage the kids to create that kind of it's almost like a learning map um, right from the beginning of exhibition when they started forming their ideas through to the end and what what did that look like and they are able to talk about that learning journey through that metaphor as to what it was like um, for them um, to learn about themselves during during the exhibition. Um, so yeah, that, that learning journey became a, a really important um, piece 
to our, um, our adaptation um, of the exhibition over the years that we've uh, that I've been at Canadian Academy. I like that. Well, without wanting to put you on the spot, if you had to come up with a metaphor for the exhibition from a teacher's perspective, what would you choose? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to. Do, yeah, I guess that that roller coaster ride is something that would uh, that would definitely kind of resonate with me. Um, <laughs> Because yeah, we not knowing what was around the next bend, you know, was uh, we we kind of by the time we figured out what the end goal was going to look like, uh, we'd we'd already kind of gone through a, a lot of scary moments and uh, <laughs> and that ride a lot of ups and downs. Um, but yeah, sort of completing that roller coaster ride with uh, and at the end of it, coming coming through that heart beating. Uh, excited i don't know weary but uh yeah we're so proud of, of what the students were able to achieve in the end it, it really wasn't about us and we helped to kind of guide that but uh we couldn't have been more proud of it as a team of, of the students that we had this year with the challenges that they had um yeah couldn't have been more proud of them and i'd, I'd be on the lookout for any of those students that had an exhibition online this year as to what what kind of uh, students they're going to be like over the coming years or what kind of adults are going to be like in the future. That workforce from this particular year coming through is, is going to be a pretty adaptable and uh, uh, independent one. Yeah, absolutely. And a huge congratulations to all those grade fives who did go through this year. And congratulations to yourself, Steve, and to all your team and all the teachers around the world who've guided students through that, I think. Um, yeah, an incredible achievement. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be able to share what we do. But like I said, it's, we're only one school. That so many schools have different ways that they uh, do an exhibition, um, and you, you apply just what you have within your school and what you're able to achieve and what you feel comfortable with. Um, but I, I encourage people to push the boundaries. Don't be afraid to try something different. Um, you never know what what positive things spins could come out of it. Um, and, and you never know unless you unless you start trying. Um, but yeah, even though I'm, I'm leaving grade five, uh, it's been such a rewarding experience. Um, something I'll, I'll take uh, forever, but I'll um, be able to start looking at ways that I can help now as a, uh, a low element, or not quite that low, but <laughs> as a grade four teacher coming through, some of the skills that I can start developing or helping out um, in order to. Um, help those students ease into exhibition for grade five. Um, but yeah, those people that are, those schools that are that are adapting or still learning about the IB program, PYP program, um, look at look at the ways that different schools are doing it and uh, apply what you can. I mean, it, in the end, it's it, a teacher's ability to be able to implement what they can and what they understand about the exhibition. Um, but I also encourage to try and get on some of that uh, professional development or to speak to people that have been on any of the professional development recently and to look at different techniques or, or skills that uh, you could use, um, any resources that are available out there. Um, yeah, there, there are always people out there that are willing to help. Um, and if you if you do need any resources, that I'm, I'm more than willing to, to share those um, with, with things that we've used at, at, uh, at Canadian Academy in, in Kobe, Japan as well. Superb. Well, thank you so much for your time, Steve. And 
thank you chris as always for joining us yeah thank you steve that was really interesting you're very welcome anytime wow what a conversation what did you think about that lee it was really really interesting um even from the very beginning just chatting with steve about all of his experience, the different countries he's taught in, but also the different curricula he's taught, both national and international curricula, I think made it really, really interesting, gave a real depth of conversation. How about for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think I could talk about the exhibition all day. (laughs) Mm. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, we we probably could have, um, but there's so many takeaways and, there was one phrase that he kept on using, which was the learning journey. Mm. And I think that was a really good way to summarize just what the exhibition is. It's, mm-hmm. it's a journey for everyone involved, you know, primarily for the students, of course. It's also a journey for the teachers, the mentors, the PYP coordinator, just mm. everyone who gets involved in that, the parents as well. Um, you know, I can imagine as a parent to see your child presenting at the end of the exhibition must be a really rewarding and, um, you know, humbling experience to, you know, see their journey that they've gone through. Yeah, um, I'd, so love, I'd love to be to in that position one day. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, I'd say as well, just as you were mentioning that journey, it's really interesting to say, you know, we spoke to Steve, I think, for about an hour long episode mm-hmm. uh, this week. And not once did we really talk about the product. What does the end of the exhibition look like? Or what do we expect the children to produce at the end? Because it really was a focus on that journey and what were the skills being picked Mm. up as they went along. And the fact that the content isn't the most important thing, I think is something that would surprise a lot of people who are new to exhibition. Yeah, I think it's something that we always say at school, isn't it? That it's the process over the product. And yeah, you know, that exhibition evening, that celebration is a really special occasion, but that is, you know, it, that is what it is. It's a celebration. It's the culminating part of that. And it's the hours and hours of work that go into that, the reflections, the collaboration, Um, all of that hard work, the research, the contacting primary sources, summarizing, um, which is really, you know, the key part to the exhibition. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All of those elements throughout, and I think those ups and downs, I know in the metaphor of learning, Steve sort of described it as a roller coaster, and it's something we hear so often, but it is true. It really does throw you up and down and make you feel a bit sick at times but it's um, a wonderful experience so how were you involved in the PYP exhibition this year um so this year as with sort of the past couple of years I took on the role of a digital mentor like yourself and Mm. um, just supporting the students and the teachers in the use of technology to enhance that learning experience. So whether that is collaborating with each other or thinking about how the final product is shown, um, how the the learning process is recorded. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's a really 
interesting experience. Um, I know in the yeah. past I've taken on that mentor role and it's really good working with a team of students really closely for an extended period and you really get to know them and you're just, you know, you're so part of that experience, mm. but actually being at sort of a higher level and getting to see all of the groups is also really interesting. And obviously this year, perhaps more than any other year, you know, as we were doing everything through technology. Um, mm. How did you find that experience? I found it really, really interesting. I think um, it gave me sort of a flavor of what I imagine it is for the specialist teachers where so many times, you know, your groups are moving on, but they're not moving on with you. They're moving on with their mentor or their in sort of the metaphor of their homeroom teacher and just the importance of collaboration and communication and some groups were fantastic in coming forward and saying these are the things that we need and other groups were setting up meetings and turning up and saying I don't know what it is that I need can we explore that and to be you know to be on a google meet with a group of students who are just openly telling you we've set up a meeting because we don't know can you please help us I thought that was a phenomenal um I don't think I could have done that at that age and I think that's testament to the teachers they've worked with throughout all the years in the school um that they're able to do that and of course to the mentors who I'm sure behind the scenes are pushing them <laughs> nudging them very gently towards doing that yeah this you know hats off to the teachers and the, the students of course you know, I mm. think as a, a grade four teacher, it's probably the best part of my year to see how the students I had the year before, how much they've grown mm -hmm. and those seeds that we planted as we were thinking about the exhibition in the previous mm. year, how they've been able to develop those and to see the progress the students have made. And it's, it's such a nice experience to see them present so confidently and... Mm -hmm to collaborate is, is really nice. I think it's, it's what learning is all about. You know, we had that part of the conversation, yeah. didn't we, where we were talking about standardized assessments and um, this is really what we want as an out of education. It's yeah. everything um, that the PYP is about in terms of collaboration, the use of the, the five different approaches to learning, the action, mm. um, yeah, yeah. just it. all of those essential elements are so prominent at the time and um you know speaking to parents of their experiences of the pyp exhibition i've never ever heard a parent say anything negative or turn around and say but it would be nice to have a grade on this <laughs> <You know? laughs> they always just turn around and say how proud they are and they talk about some of the challenges and I think, yeah, as you say, it is very much what I believe learning should be and um, and how it should be documented, which I think is really, really important. Yeah, definitely process over product. Sure. Well, if you yep. are interested in the PYP exhibition, I think the IB have been running a hashtag, which is hashtag PYPX2020. And I know schools from all around the world have been sharing some of their experiences um, teachers students as well so definitely worth having a look at that 
um, hashtag, mm. and I'm sure you'll come across lots of fantastic blogs and websites where um, students and schools have been publishing their work. It's definitely worth checking out. Mm. Okay, Lee. So I guess we'll be back soon with another another guest and another fantastic topic for a conversation. I look forward to it. Okay. Well, so you can find us on Twitter and our links will be in the show notes. And so until then, Lee, I look forward to speaking to you again. You too, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.